Welcome to Connective Church. You guys ready for Thanksgiving? Yeah? Awesome. Hey, listen, I've got, uh, I've got good news for you this morning. This day, today, this day is the day uh, that the Lord has made for us. I am going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Are you guys with me? Awesome. Yeah, we're going to be talking about rejoicing today. We're in part two of our series, Thanks Living. And last week, we uh, heard from Pastor Jeff, and he was talking about how we can be content in our circumstances, even if our circumstances aren't what we expected them to be. So even when things have gone sideways, we can still have contentment in Christ. And this week, we're going to be talking about remembering to rejoice. Remember to rejoice. So a couple weeks from now, when you look back, yeah, what was it that Mike was talking about? Oh, yeah, I remember that I can rejoice. It's an important topic because God tells us over and over and over again how we should feel and how we should act as believers. And what he says is he says, rejoice, exalt, rejoice. If God had mentioned it just once in scripture, it'd be an important topic for us. Because if God says it, it's important for us as believers. God says it over and over and over again. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what rejoicing actually is. We're going to talk about what we can rejoice over and even when we should be rejoicing. So uh, we're going to start off, I'm going to be in a few different scriptures this morning, but if you'd like to track with me, we're going to start off in Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm chapter 5. Uh, if your Bible is on your cell phone, it's cool to have your cell phone out in church. That's fine. Just turn off your notifications, all right? Uh, because uh, especially for our Cowboys fans, we don't want the football score to flash across the screen and get you all depressed on a Sunday morning, right? Especially when we're talking about rejoicing. Amen? Yeah. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can follow along with a giant scripture in the sky here behind me. So you can, you can look there. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV this morning. Psalm chapter 5. Verse 11, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. Wow, powerful stuff. You guys remember the TV show Cops? You guys remember that show? We have live PD these days, but that's just the newer version of Cops. Cops is the original, and that was the cool one, right? The best part of the show, definitely the theme song. You remember? Bad boy, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Love that show. There's uh, one episode that kind of stuck with me, and uh, it was in the Deep South, and the police were called out for a domestic dispute. When they had arrived, there was a, a little old man, and he's sitting on his front porch, and he's, he's kind of bent over, and he's holding his face. And, and so uh, somebody asked him, sir, what happened? And he said, well, I, I, was, uh, I wouldn't do nothing. I was my own business. When I, when I turned around, my wife, she hit me upside the head with the smooth. And they were a little bit confused, and so they asked him again, yeah, can you just say that one more time? He said, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I mind my own business. When I turn around, she done hit me with this move. And finally, somebody said to him, sir, exactly what is a smooth? And now at this point, he's a little bit frustrated with all the questions, right? So he raises his voice, and he says, 
she, she hit me with the smooth. Listen, you know when your clothes are all wrinkled and you got to smooth them out, you use the smooth. She hit him with an iron. She hit the man in the face with an iron. And, and this is when the police realized the severity of the situation. Oh, okay, now we know what's going on. It happens a lot when we read, and this happens when we read scripture sometimes, that we will come across a word that perhaps we don't use in our everyday vocabulary. And so when we, we read across that word, we can get a general sense of what's happening, but if we want a full understanding of exactly what the scripture is saying to us, it's pretty important that we are able to define that word so that we can completely understand what it is that God is telling us to do. For most of us, words like rejoice and exalt are not words that we use every single day. So before we go too much further, I'm just going to take a second and help us define those words. Dictionary.com defines the word exalt as to feel or show triumphant joy. That's the feeling when your team wins the championship game, when you have a victory and you have overcome something, that joy that makes you want to jump up out of your seat and throw your hands in the air and go, yeah, we did it. That is to exalt. Also, dictionary.com defines the word rejoice as to feel or show great joy. And synonyms include um, elate and cheer. So when you become so overwhelmed with joy that you would say, I'm just elated right now, and I want to get up and cheer, at that point, you are rejoicing. As I uh, began studying uh, to, to give this message, one of the, the really cool things I found out is in the book of Isaiah, the word exalt is paired up with and used with the word thrill, to thrill and exalt in Christ. And when you look at the original Hebrew word and you translate it literally, it means to shake with triumphant joy. Can you imagine being so happy that you're actually shaking with joy? That is what God tells us we can do as believers. So when the scripture is telling us how we should feel and how we should act as children of God, it, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say life is going to be tough close your eyes and just get through it. It doesn't say, just hang on, it's almost over. It doesn't say, grit your teeth and, and just bear it. It says, no, it says you can be overwhelmed with joy. It says you can be elated. You can tremble with the feeling of triumph and victory. That is what God wants from us this morning. You know what? When we stand here and we sing and worship and we put our hands in the air and we are singing, you are good, you are good. Oh, and we just repeat that chorus. God, you are so good. You are so good. It is okay to open up our hearts and let that joy just flow out of us. It is okay to get excited. How many of you guys know it's okay to get fired up in church? Did you know that? The Bible says it's true, all right? And if it says it's true, it's true for sure. Bless you. How many of you have ever been to a sporting event? Basketball, baseball, football, that's right. You're sitting in a stadium of like-minded individuals, uh, of fans. There's a lot of noise, there's a lot of excitement, and the team is about to score the winning point. There's a banner that travels across the, the stadium, right? And it says what? Get loud, 
Make some noise. If you go to a Cardinals game, they throw it up on the Jumbotron. It says, rise up is the words that they use, that the Cardinals use in their game. Rise up. And what they're saying is, rejoice. Make noise. Get excited. Rise up. And you can feel the energy change in the room. When they put rise up on the Jumbotron and people jump up and they start screaming, yet you could feel the energy go right through your body. Imagine for just a second, if the words rise up appear and you look across the stadium and everyone's doing this. Looks like they're going to score. And if they score, we win. That'll be cool. No, they get excited. They get hyped up. They get fired up. Listen, uh, this one's going to sting a little bit. Some of us are more likely to rejoice in a football stadium than in the house of God, myself included. There are times that we misplace our focus and we begin developing a tunnel vision such that we cannot see the blessings that God has for us and the things that we should be rejoicing in. Last night I came home from a a long night at work and uh, we have, uh, let me back up a little bit. We have these speakers that were given to us uh, for our entertainment center. And for whatever reason, the speakers just stopped working. They don't work anymore. So for the last few months, they've just been giant columns of decoration. They, They don't do anything. We don't turn them on. And I've been meaning to take those speakers and just get rid of them to make some room in the living room. The problem is that there's a a mess of wires in the back of my TV and I just, I hadn't had the time or energy to go back there and figure out which ones go to the speakers and so on. So I keep thinking to myself, I've got to get these speakers out of here, but I just don't do anything about it. Well, last night I came home from a long night at work and when I opened the door to come in, I see the speakers have been disconnected and they're right in front of the, the door as I walk in and I think, oh that's fantastic. You know what? I've been meaning to do this for the longest time. I'm so excited right now. So I keep looking at the speakers and I go, I can't believe they figured out which wires to take out. This is great news. And I was in the house for a good five minutes. And my wife turns around and she says to me, so what do you think? Now I'm overwhelmed with joy. And I tell her, oh, that is so great. Thank you so much. You know what? I've been meaning to take those speakers out and I've been meaning to disconnect the wires. And she gives me this blank stare, total silence. And then my kids are looking at me like, dad, what do you think? I've been meaning to do that forever. I am so glad you got those out of there. Thank you. That's, that's a great job. They said, dad, the Christmas tree. I turned around, there is a seven and a half foot Christmas tree complete with lights that are lit up, right? There's a star on top of the tree. The base of the tree is huge. It's taking my entire living room. I never saw it. I never saw it. I was so focused on something else, I missed the Christmas tree. That can happen to us as believers right? We get so excited about uh, the material blessings in our life. We get so excited about a certain paycheck, a certain promotion. Uh, We got a new car. We got a new house. We get so excited about some of the small things that we miss the good stuff. 
We miss the lasting blessings that we can rejoice in. We actually miss the Christmas tree as believers. This is a... This is not new. This is something that's been happening for a while. This happened back in Jesus' day. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Here we've got a a situation. Jesus has asked 72 people to go out into the surrounding towns and heal the sick. And now they're on their way back and they're excited The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Now watch. Nevertheless, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't get distracted, he's saying. He's saying, yes, I've given this to you, and it's good, but don't get distracted. You have a lasting blessing in heaven. It's not going anywhere, and that is where we should focus, and we should rejoice. We should give thanks to God who gives us every good gift. The little blessings and the big blessings, it is great to be thankful, but don't let it rob you of your focus of the everlasting. Don't let it rob you of the reason we should be rejoicing. Don't lose your focus. So what are the things that we should be rejoicing in? What are the big ones? What's, what's the Christmas tree, right? For that, we're going to jump over to Ephesians uh, chapter 1. I've heard people refer to Ephesians uh, as the believer's bank account. I think that's cute. Because when you look at the book of Ephesians, it actually gives you an accounting of the blessings that we have in Christ the great riches that we have. So it's called the believer's bank account. So next time somebody asks you, hey, what's the book of Ephesians about? You can go, oh, that's the believer's bank account. That tells us all the blessings that we have in Christ. I'm going to start reading in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 3. And we're going to go, uh, let's see, all the way down to 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. The scripture here is giving us two big reasons, two things that we can hold on to, that we can keep with us, that we can have to rejoice over right? It's, a, it's, it's 10 verses, but we can break it down into two general things that the scripture is talking about. First, the scripture is telling us that we can rejoice over who we are. We can rejoice over who we are. 
Let's look again because the scripture tells us really clear. God wants us to know who it is that you belong to, who you are. It says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. You guys remember elementary school, volleyball, uh, dodgeball, baseball? Anytime that they had to pick teams, you never wanted to be the kid that got picked last, right? How embarrassing. And, 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 if, and if today was a good day and you were especially lucky, you were the one that got picked first and that made you the superstar. We talk about being picked first. What is it like when the creator of heaven and earth has chosen you before the foundation of the world? Before he created everything else, he knew your name and he chose you. He chose you because he wanted to adopt you into his family. And that makes you children of the most high God. So when you think about your status, don't just think about the promotion that you got at work or the award that you just won. When you think about your status and you want to think about the lasting blessings in Christ, you can think to yourself, I'm a child of God, chosen before the foundation of the world. I was adopted into God's family because he wanted me. And now I'm a child of God in Christ. That is a pretty awesome blessing. It's not going anywhere. Maybe you end up losing your job or you transition or somebody else wins the award. Maybe you fall short of a goal that you were trying to hit. But not all blessings are material blessings. There are spiritual blessings in heaven that aren't going anywhere, and that's a big one. The second thing that this scripture says that we can rejoice in, it says that we can rejoice in what we have. Because in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. The fact is that the penalty for sin is death. The fact is that we're not perfect, we're sinners. And when we sin, we separate ourselves from a holy God who is absolutely perfect. The fact is, on our own, we don't belong in his presence. On, on, on what we have, on what we bring to the table, we deserve separation from God. But the scripture says something we can rejoice in is that God lavished upon us this blessing. He takes away our sin because of his blood. Because he sacrificed Jesus for us. That that gave us forgiveness of, of our sins. That sin that's supposed to separate us from God, it's gone. It's gone. We've been forgiven. And now we have a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. And if you can't rejoice over that, if you can't get excited about that, if that doesn't make you elated, if that doesn't make you tremble with triumph, oh man, that's the good stuff. That's the lasting blessing. We can rejoice in who we are and we can rejoice in what we have. It's not all material blessings. Your car is eventually going to die. You may move out of the house that you really love. But whatever happens in the material world, that's fine. You have 
a blessing that you can hold on to. It's everlasting because it's yours and God gave it to you. God lavished it upon you and that's something that we can rejoice about. Amen? All right. And listen, uh, the final thing I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about when we should be rejoicing. Right? We know exactly what rejoicing is now and how it's used in Scripture. We know what we should be rejoicing about. When should we rejoice? And the good news is this is a real simple one. Because Paul tells us pretty directly, he handles this real clear. We can open up to Philippians 4.4 and just let Paul tell us. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say to you, rejoice. Well, I'd say that's pretty direct and clear. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I love the way he says it too, right? Because he just doesn't say it and just move on real quick. Paul says it twice to make sure that you've got it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't hear me, maybe you didn't write it down. Maybe you were sleeping. Maybe, you, maybe you're, I say it to you again in case you didn't get it the first time. Rejoice. You think he's serious? I think so. Paul says rejoice always. Now, I want to just pause right here for just a moment. And just acknowledge, God knows there's going to be tough times. God tells us that there's going to be hardship. God tells us that there is going to be pain in our lives. But the good news is, church, we can choose to rejoice and to feel that joy in the midst of our pain. In the midst of our circumstances, we can actually be going through something uh, terribly difficult and still have something that we can hold on to and we can rejoice over. When I was, uh, when I was a kid, my dad was a martial arts instructor. And he, he had a, a fight team, so he would travel across the country uh, with his fighters and he would, he would coach these men into battle. And so, uh, because this is the home that I grew up in, when I was about four years old, my dad put me in my very first fight. And I was a little kid, you know, so, so he got the smallest uniform he could possibly find, but they had to roll up the sleeves and roll up the pant legs. It was just huge on me. They put this safety gear on me, but it was too big. So I had these big gloves and these big things on my feet, and I kind of walked into the ring like this. And, uh, and I remember this, this, this must have been a, a traumatic moment for me because I remember it like it was yesterday and I was only about four years old. I remember the man standing in the middle of the ring was the referee and he yelled, fight. And suddenly there was, there was no turning back and there was no getting away. And I saw this kid running at me and I didn't know what to do. So I closed my eyes and I put my fist out like this and he ran into my fist and he fell down. He started crying because he's a little kid too. Now I see him crying and I start crying because I think I hurt him and I'm sensitive, right? So he's crying, I'm crying, everybody's crying and uh, it's a mess. And my dad says, Mike, Mike, what happened? Are you okay? And I said, yeah. I think I, I think I heard him. <laughs> My dad says, no, 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 it's okay. You've won. And so now I've got this trophy and I'm holding on to, and I'm excited. I'm excited. You know why? Because at four years old, I know that I've made my dad proud, you know, because I've won. And I know I'm going to take this trophy home to my grandmother. She's going to be proud of me too. And I'm holding on to it. 
and it, it's filling me up with joy that I've made everybody happy. And it's, it's time to go home. And I'm so excited. It's time to get into my dad's car. And I run to my dad's car. <laughs> I don't want to see the curb in front of me. And I step off the curb and I wipe out. And for whatever reason, instead of putting my hands down to brace myself, I'm more concerned about the trophy. So I lift my hands up in the air and I face plant on the concrete. <laughs> and so here I am, four years old, and I'm crying and I'm bloody everywhere. And I'm face down on the pavement, but I'm holding the trophy up like this. I've got it. And I'm in tremendous pain. And if I remember right, there are stitches. My wife knows I don't like needles and I don't like stitches. So I don't want to be at the doctor's office. I don't want to be getting stitches. I don't want to be in pain. And I'm hurting so bad. But you know what? I'm so excited because I'm still holding on to this trophy. And that's what we can be as believers. When we're in the midst of pain and when we hurt and when we're not where we want to be at that moment, we still have something to hold on to in the midst of that pain where we can look up and we can celebrate and we can rejoice because no matter what's happening here, we know who we are and we know what we have. So listen, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't experienced the type of joy that we're talking about. Maybe your focus isn't where it could be and that causes you to stress out a little bit and perhaps uh, you don't have an opportunity to rejoice the way that we're talking about this morning. If that's you, I just want to pray for you real quick, if that's all right. So if, where you're at, if you could just bow your heads for me. And, and if you would just say, hey, Mike, I, I don't have that rejoicing in my life, but I want it. I, I, want a, I want a better focus. Nobody's looking around. If you would just slip your hand up, I just want to know who you are so that I can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we rejoice in your presence. God, we want to feel this joy just overwhelm us when we focus on you. God, help your people to focus on what's important in life. Let, let us just keep our eyes on you when we're in good times, when we're blessed, and when we're in pain and we're going through circumstances that are not what we want them to be. God, allow us to focus on you. God, allow our hearts to just open up and then overflow with the joy that you talk about in your scriptures. God, we just want that rejoicing. We want that excitement. We want to be elated. We want to cheer. We want to be excited and fired up for you, God, in the midst of our circumstance. And we know that the only way we can do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So right now, God, we just ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit. God, would you just live in us and remind us, God, to rejoice. Would you make it so that no matter where we are, if we're at home, if we're at work, if we're in our car, if we're worshiping, no matter where we're at, God, would you help us remember to rejoice. In Jesus' precious name, amen.